Well, hello, and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and thank you for joining us again. Welcome if it's your first time. We make a habit of exploring the highways and byways of jazz recorded history, and today we're going to be focusing on some of the sessions of the Chick Webb Band, Chick Webb and his orchestra, which became well known for playing at the Savoy Ballroom in Harlem in the 1930s. Chick Webb was a drummer who was born in Baltimore in 1909. He had uh, a number of serious health problems. He was uh, afflicted with dwarfism. He had uh, tuberculosis of the spine, which caused uh, uh, an element of hunchbackism with him as well. So he was effectively crippled, but it didn't impede his drumming. He became one of the most influential drummers in jazz in the 1930s. Uh, his band, uh, or bands he put together uh, in New York, started in the mid-20s in various clubs. He made a a recording session in 1927, which apparently featured Johnny Hodges before he joined Duke Ellington's band. Hodges was a member of the Chick Webb band. That recording session was never released, unfortunately, so we don't know how that sounded. He made another recording date in 1929, not too long after he started playing at the Savoy. And the Savoy Ballroom had featured bands like King Oliver's and some other ones before that, but Chick Webb uh, was really a favorite with the dancers from 1929 up until he died in 1939. And and uh, the arrangements, many of which were done by uh, Edgar Sampson, some by Wayman Carver, some by Van Alexander, were particular favorites with the dancers as well. And the band uh, was very difficult to beat in jam sessions and battles of the bands and so forth. There's a famous one that happened in January of 1938, the day that uh, Benny Goodman made his debut at Carnegie Hall with his band. Uh, after that, the Goodman band and some of his uh, guests went up uh, to the Savoy to hear a battle of the bands between Chick Webb and Count Basie's band, and by all accounts, Chick Webb won that battle, uh, although it's uh, hard, to, hard to determine. At any rate, uh, the band that we're going to be hearing uh, did some dates between December of 1933 and November of 1934, and I sort of shut it off at that point because after that, uh, they became a very vocal-dominated band with the uh, participation of Ella Fitzgerald, who was only a teenager at the time. Chick Webb apparently unofficially adopted her. He and his wife became her guardians, and uh, she became a big part of the success of the Chick Webb Orchestra on records and in, in uh, personal appearances as well. Before that, however, he just simply had an excellent band uh, that had some superb jazz talent in it. I should mention they did a recording session in 1931 that we've heard before, I think, uh, on two different podcasts and shows that we've done, one on Jimmy Harrison, the great trombone player, and one on the early recordings of Benny Carter. Both of them participated in these recordings. So we're going to pick up uh, the story on December 20th of 1933 with Chick Webb's Savoy Orchestra. And this was a recording session that was done for Columbia. Uh, the first tune we're not going to hear, that was a feature for the trumpeter Taft Jordan on the sunny side of the street. He was a, a big draw for the band at the time. Uh, and they re-recorded this a little bit later. We're going to hear the second version of this tune coming up. We are going to hear an unreleased take that survived in a test pressing of the Shelton Brooks tune, The Darktown Strutter's Ball. That's from December 20th of 1933. Then we're going to go on uh, to January 15th of 1934, also for Columbia, 
if dreams come true, sometimes uh, listed on the uh, album as when dreams come true, but it is in fact if dreams come true, which was a tune by uh, Edgar uh, Sampson, the lead alto player who plays the alto solos in this band. Also in the saxophone section, we have Pete Clark on alto sax, who does the clarinet solos, and Elmer Williams on tenor. He was nicknamed Tone. He had a almost classical sound to his uh, tenor sax. In the brass section, in addition to Taft Jordan on trumpet and vocals, we have Reinald Jones and Mario Bauza on trumpets. Mario Bauza was from Cuba. He uh, later became known for playing a lot of the Latin bands. And uh, between uh, Chick Webb and the Latin bands, he also played uh, lead trumpet for Cab Calloway's orchestra in the later part of the 1930s. In the rhythm section, we have Joe Steele, an exceptionally good Harlem stride pianist. We're going to hear a couple of songs that were done under his name uh, on another podcast coming up. John Trueheart was on banjo and guitar. He was one of Chick Webb's earliest associates and stayed with the band with a short uh, period away for almost the whole term of uh, Chick Webb's life. Then we're going to hear John Kirby on bass, who had only recently switched permanently from tuba. His recordings before this with Fletcher Henderson, he uh, played both back and forth between tuba and bass, and shortly after this, a couple of years anyway, he founded his own sextet, uh, which was uh, one of the great uh, chamber groups in jazz in the late 30s. On drums, of course, we have Chick Webb, and uh, as I said also, we are going to hear some Taft Jordan vocals, as well as some uh, vocals by Chuck Richards, who was a studio vocalist at the time. So after... Uh, if dreams come true, we're going to hear the flip side, the Chick Webb theme song called Let's Get Together. And that was an Edgar Sampson tune and arrangement. Following that, a Chuck Richards uh, vocal on a tune called Imagination. Not the Jimmy Van Heusen tune, which of course was from later, uh, but this is a, a tune that was recorded by Benny Moten just a year earlier. A very unusual tune. On the label it was credited, or, or on the CD label I should say, it was credited to Van Heusen, but it is not that tune. Then we're going to finish off with one of the anthems of the Chick Webb Band that was later taken over by uh, Benny Goodman and practically every other band of the swing era, Stompin' at the Savoy, another Edgar Sampson tune and arrangement. So those are our uh, tunes from December 20th of 1933. We're going to hear the Dark Times Strutter's Ball. Then from January 15th of 1934, If Dreams Come True and Let's Get Together. From May 9th of 1934, Imagination. And from May 18th of 1934, Stompin' at the Savoy, all done for Columbia Records by Chick Webb uh, and his Savoy Orchestra.
that was what was called a really stomping band. You could tell from just the feeling that that band got how uh, the dancers responded to it at the Savoy. Um, players later on recalled those days and said that uh, the band never really sounded uh, like on records like they did in person, and that's not unusual, but sometimes the tunes would be extended to up to five or ten minutes to keep the dancers moving. Apparently the Savoy had a uh, dance floor that had some spring action in it, so it would bounce up and down once they got enough people moving on it, and they said it was really a tremendous effect. So we started out with a series of tunes. Most of these were arranged by Edgar Sampson, who was really an underrated writer, composer, and alto sax player. He did all the alto solos, and uh, his playing really was quite advanced, I think, for the time. Uh, he didn't have a, a significant style like Johnny Hodges or Benny Carter or someone, but he really seemed to explore some different notes and some different intervallic relationships. A very, very interesting player and arranger. We started out with the Darktown Strutters Ball, and I should also mention that the players I mentioned, I forgot to mention, probably the most prominent soloist in the band, Sandy Williams on trombone, who was a charter member from this period and went right through to the end of Chick Webb's career and uh, beyond it as well. He was still playing with the band uh, after it was taken over by Ella Fitzgerald after Chick died in 1939 and uh, stayed with it until World War II. Very strong soloist, uh, whose later career was uh, unfortunately afflicted with alcohol and uh, other issues but uh, really one of the most exciting trombone soloists of the period and uh, didn't do a lot of uh, one-off recordings with different groups but uh, his, his playing with the Chick Webb Band from this entire period, almost a decade, uh, really cements his reputation, I think. So after Darktown Strutter's Ball from December 20th of 1933, we went on and heard If Dreams Come True and Let's Get Together, the theme song, which you can hear on a lot of the live broadcasts of the Chick Webb Band, uh, from January 15th of 1934. I think we've done a podcast in the past of some of their live recordings, as well as some live recordings by the Ella Fitzgerald-led band as well. Then we went to May 9th of 1934 and heard that ballad, Imagination, which was not the Jimmy Van Heusen tune. It was composed by someone named Russell, and I'm not sure who that was, to be honest. Uh, there was a fellow named Sterling Russell who, uh, I think... Uh, uh, recorded with the Benny Moten Band, Sterling Russell Trio or something, and they did this tune in 1932 for Victor, so it possibly was his tune. But here it was uh, done uh, to a fairly well by Chick Webb Savoy Orchestra featuring Chuck Richards, who I don't believe sang with them regularly, but he was on that recording. Then we finished up with the anthem of the Savoy, Stompin' at the Savoy, another Edgar Sampson tune and arrangement featuring uh, Elmer Williams on tenor, Edgar Sampson on alto, I think we heard some Pete Clark on clarinet in there, Sandy Williams on trombone, uh, Taft Jordan on trumpet, and we also had Mario Bowser and Reynold Jones on trumpets, Joe Steele on piano, John Truehart on guitar, John Kirby on bass, and Chick Webb on drums. All of those recordings were done for Columbia, by the way. So now we're going to move... Uh, couple of months up to July 6th of 1934. The band did one single date for OK Records and a couple of personnel differences. Bobby Stark uh, replaced Ronald Jones on trumpet. He played several trumpet solos as well. He was a very fiery uh, player who had made a lot of recordings with Fletcher Henderson in the early late 20s and early 30s and his style is very much contrasted uh, with the more measured Armstrong type of influence of Taft Jordan. Also, we, hear, we will hear Fernando Arbello added on trombone and Wayman Carver on tenor sax, alto sax, and flute as well. And Carver did some later arrangements and did some fine flute playing, which is featured on a podcast that we have coming up on the jazz flute. 
So we're going to hear uh, True, another uh, Edgar Sampson tune. And this time, I believe it's Taft Jordan who takes the vocal, although the label credits Charles Linton, who was the romantic vocalist of the web band at this period. He was also a mentor uh, to Ella Fitzgerald when she came in. I get to meet Chuck Linton in the late 90s when he sang with a dance band that played at the Hot Steam Jazz Festival in Essex, Connecticut. And a uh, funny little guy who wore a turban but had a beautiful voice, even well into his 80s. He was uh, still singing a very high pure tenor sound. So after True, we're going to hear a uh, tune called um, Lonesome Moments. Not the uh, uh, Mary Lou Williams tune, but another Edgar Sampson tune and arrangement as well. There were two other tunes from that date, If It Ain't Love, which we're not going to hear, and Blue Minor, which we are going to hear a different version from a few months later. Same arrangement, same soloists and all. So from that later date, September 10th of 1934, we're going to hear Chick Webb and his orchestra. Claude Jones is on uh, lead trombone. He replaced Fernando Arbello. And on piano, we have Don Kirkpatrick, who is a very underrated piano soloist at the time. He was a little more modern sounding than Joe Steele, who was, as I said, uh, a little bit more of a 20s-based Harlem Stride pianist. So the date we're going to hear uh, three tunes from, uh, to finish off that set, are September 10th, 1934, for DECA. And we've done numerous podcasts and shows on some of the bands that were recording for DECA in the fall of 1934. Jack Cap founded that label, I think in July or August, and started making recording sessions that uh, fall, September, October, and November, just trying to figure out who would be able to sell records. And he uh, enlisted the aid of many, many African-American bands, uh, three classic sessions by Fletcher Henderson's band before it broke up. We have a podcast of that. Earl Hines' band, uh, uh, Clarence Williams' band, Milton Brown and his Brownies, uh, and so forth. But uh, one of the big stars, or the most uh, long-lasting stars for DECA was Chick Webb and his orchestra, especially after Ella Fitzgerald joined. Also Bing Crosby, Louis Armstrong, Jimmy Lunsford, the Mills Brothers. Those were the the really uh, solid uh, DECA participants, but as I said, many, many other recordings were made by them as well or for them, I should say. So the three tunes we're going to hear from that session are That Rhythm Man, a Fats Waller and Andy Razeff and Harvey Brooks tune that'll feature Taft Jordan uh, singing. I think Bobby Stark plays the trumpet solo on that. Then a real Taft Jordan solo uh, that he had recorded earlier that we didn't uh, play, On the Sunny Side of the Street by Jimmy McHugh and Dorothy Fields, although speculation is that that's another Fats Waller tune that Waller and Razeff may have sold to get out of debt. Then we're going to finish up with a Mario Bowser tune called Lona, which was another Edgar Sampson arrangement. So that's our set coming up. True, Lonesome Moments, That Rhythm Man, On the Sunny Side of the Street, and Lona, all by Chick Webb and his orchestra. Thank you. 
and ever true. Living to love you shall be my endeavor. All my own, yours alone to share, dear. Won't you please handle my heart with care? Oh, dear, I'm true. All through the hours, the minute, the second, there's you. And to the starlight, the moonlight that beckons. Give me all the love I gave to you, babe, and you love it back. But better love me true.
and get her deep worries on the dozer. Just a regular bee on the sunny side of the street. Can't you hear the bit of bad bells? So happy to bend yourself. Life can be sweet on the sunny side of the street, cause I just walk in jail with those blues on parade. Oh, baby. And I'm not afraid, no, babe, cause my rover's been crossed over. If I never ever sin, I'll switch rocky fellas, baby. Cause the legend dogs, on the signing side of the street.
Interesting playing by Chick Webb and his orchestra. Those Edgar Sampson arrangements were really, really outstanding uh, in examples of the style. We started out with uh, an Edgar Sampson composition as well, True, which featured, as I said, I believe, Tav Jordan on vocals. And then we went to Lonesome Moments, an interesting tune. Uh, again, not the Mary Lou Williams, but the Edgar Sampson and Chick Webb tune, uh, all featuring. Uh, Sandy Williams on trombone, along with uh, Edgar Sampson on alto, Pete Clark on clarinet solos, <coughs> Elmer Williams on tenor sax, and uh, Taft Jordan or Bobby Stark on trumpets. Taft Jordan, or rather, Bobby Stark was featured on the next one, That Rhythm Man, which of course had been a feature for Louis Armstrong in 1929. Uh, the trumpet solo by Stark and the vocal by Taft Jordan. And uh, those first two tunes that I mentioned were from the OK session of July 6, 1934. And then uh, the next uh, three tunes, That Rhythm Man, followed by the Taft Jordan feature, On the Sunny Side of the Street, and that interesting tune, Lona, uh, done or composed by Mario Bowser, the lead trumpet player, uh, all done on September 10th of 1934 for DECA. And that last one, Lona, featured a very fine piano solo by Don Kirkpatrick as well. So those were three tunes from that period. Uh, as I said, all the tenor solos were done by Elmer Williams. Teddy McRae came in shortly thereafter, uh, after we're going to be leaving off our story on this podcast, when the uh, Ella Fitzgerald years began, and he was the main tenor soloist for the rest of the band's uh, career. He was a very, very good jazz player. Elmer Williams was not particularly. He was a, more of a, a section player and played in an older style, but as I said, his nickname, Tone, uh, really uh, summed up his contributions. He had a lovely sound and really filled out the section. He played with uh, Fletcher Henderson's band shortly after this uh, when they were in Chicago at the Grand Terrace and made several recordings, including several solos, which was interesting because the other tenor player in that band was Chew Berry. So we're going to start out the next set uh, with the last tune from that September 10th session, Blue Minor. And as I said, that had been recorded for OK on July 6th. I just like this version a little bit better. Uh, same arrangement, same sequence of soloists as well. Another Edgar Sampson tune. Then we're going to do the four tunes from November 19th of 1934 for Decca. It's over because we're through, or it's all over because we're through. This was a tune by the band leader Willie Bryant, who recorded it with his band. He was called the Mayor of Harlem, and he was the MC at the Apollo Ballroom for many, many years, but had a very good band. Uh, we're probably going to do a podcast of some of the recordings by that band, which was kind of a secondary Harlem band, but had some interesting arrangements and some great players, including Teddy Wilson, Benny Carter, uh, and others as well. Then after that, we're going to hear three instrumentals, all of which became classics in the genre through their Edgar Sampson arrangements and uh, their compositions, which were uh, first and last by Edgar Sampson and the middle one by Don Kirkpatrick. So Don't Be That Way is an Edgar Sampson tune, What a Shuffle by Don Kirkpatrick, and Blue Lou by uh, Edgar Sampson as well, and all three of those done by uh, or with arrangements by Edgar Sampson, so you can see how important he was to the style of the band. 
So that's our set, Chick Webb and his orchestra, recording for Decca in 1934. Blue Minor, it's over because we're through. Don't be that way. What a shuffle and blue loo. <laughs> Thank you. 
some very fine early chick web recordings from 1934 all for the deca label on that set we heard blue minor from october uh, 10th of 1934 and uh, that's an interesting tune that uh, as i said was an edgar sampson arrangement and composition actually it was september 10th I mistakenly said october september 10th and uh, that had been recorded by fletcher henderson's band around the same time sampson was becoming known in the field and was contributing scores including some he already had written for chick webb to other bands for example to fletcher henderson who also recorded the last tune we just heard blue lou a little bit later and that was from uh, november of 1934 uh, we also heard in the middle the third tune don't be that way which became a signature tune for benny goodman and in between the first uh, Blue Minor and Don't Be That Way, we heard It's Over Because We're Through, that great feature for Taft Jordan on trumpet and singing in his very Louis Armstrong-derived style. And uh, once Ella Fitzgerald came into the band, he got fewer of those opportunities, but he uh, did them on live dates, and some of the live recordings we have, he was featured more heavily than he was on recordings. Then after Don't Be That Way, we heard the Don Kirkpatrick tune called What a Shuffle, which featured some interesting saxophone uh, section playing in there, all again arranged by Edgar Sampson. And then, as I said, we finished up with Blue Lou, which also featured an outstanding piano solo by Don Kirkpatrick, who had composed What a Shuffle. So those are our recordings by the early version of the Chick Webb Band before Ella Fitzgerald joined. Hope you've enjoyed this program. My name is John Clark. We are the Jazz Focus here, exploring the highways and byways of jazz recorded history and uh, have lots more to come. We already have uh, 350 podcasts and radio shows on this channel, so do look up some of our other ones if you like this one. If you didn't like this one, go look up some other ones anyway. There are plenty to choose from. So hope you're enjoying them enough to support us as well. If you'd like to become a member of the family, hit that little button wherever you are and uh, become a supporter, a sustaining supporter, or one time. We appreciate anything and everything. So thank you very much, and I'll see you on the other side.